everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast, a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is John Sikotowski. I'm one of your hosts here on the podcast. And today, the category that this podcast is going to fall into is its testimonies. But these testimonies are specifically about people who have been physically healed in a supernatural way. So today you're going to hear from Becca Cooks and Molly Hansen as they talk with Pastor Nick Gibson about how they have been healed in a supernatural way from physical ailments that they have. Hey everybody, this is Nick Gibson. I'm here with um, Molly Hansen and Becca everyone knows uh you will know, notice her as the person who reads scripture a lot on sunday you should recognize her voice hello okay i'm totally blanking on your last name right now i don't know cooks. Why. Cooks, my right. name is a sentence rebecca cooks rebecca cooks oh yeah good okay <laughs> sorry i don't know why i've had a really hard time remembering names of people i know we were at we had like a a, a meeting on like the budget and i couldn't think of jason hesse's first name i he was my assistant for a year. So anyway, um, okay. So we're here today to discuss um, healing. Um, we're gonna probably put this out in the Pentecost time frame um, on like the work of the Holy Spirit and that kind of stuff. And so in a church like like High Point that normally has this kind of like Baptist fundamentalist tradition, people don't think of churches like that as places where God heals people. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes people getting healed is like, it's a fairly quiet story. Like somebody's hurting and people pray for them and they get healed and then off you go, right? And so every once in a while, I think it's good to go back and say, especially a little while after this has taken place, mm-hmm. and to say, so what happened? <laughs> and to let some other people hear about it because what people do here is, like there's a professor at UW who part of his career as a philosopher is to say, this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it'd be great to just say, well, okay, well, here's two times where it did, and then people just have to make up their own minds what they believe. So we'll start with Becca, then we'll go to Molly. So Becca, why don't you give us some of the story about what happened to you? Yeah, so my sophomore year of college, um, I ended up having an emergency surgery because I had a cyst on one of my ovaries that was twisting it, causing internal bleeding. So they ended up removing the cyst, removing the cyst and the ovary. Um, and so then two years later, I had a similar amount of pain Um, in my back on the other side and had it checked out and they're like well yeah you have a cyst on your other ovary except it's bigger so we're going to need to do surgery in about a month to take that out the problem is it's so big we don't know if you'll have enough tissue to have a functional ovary when the surgery is done so most likely we will remove that ovary too so that next month was a lot of doctor's appointments saying okay at 22 years old you know that you can't have kids anymore or ever (laughs) Um, and you'll be on hormones the rest of your life kind of deal. Um, Lots of traumatic conversations with my family, so on and so forth. Um, And at that time, people started praying for me at church. They just started praying for healing, which wasn't out of the realm of possibility for me, but um, Mm -hmm. no one had ever prayed for healing for me before. So I was like, sure, why not? Let's do it. Um, I don't think my expectation of healing was super high, uh, but they did. So uh, about... Three days before my surgery was scheduled, I had another ultrasound, and they said, yep, your cyst is still there. So the day of surgery, I went in, and they're like, do you still have pain? I said, yes, I do. And they're like, okay. Um, And so then I went in for surgery, and I woke up from surgery, and my mom just whispers to me, Becca, it's better than what we could have thought. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm still on drugs by this point, so I'm like, I 
don't know what that means. Um, what are you saying? And she's like, they couldn't find anything. And the doctor comes in and says, I don't know what kind of voodoo you did, but your ovary is completely untouched. Like there's absolutely nothing there. It's perfectly functional. And um, cysts don't usually go away. And if they do go away, particularly of that size, they don't go away nearly that quickly. So we don't know what to tell you. Because it was still there three days before. Yeah. yeah so that's crazy. That's it not how, crazy. if a cyst goes away, that's not how they go away. Not generally, no. Right. It might take, you know, a minimum of a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it was very insane. Um, and so then it was just, I don't know, kind of ironic, but still had to recover from surgery that I ended up not needing, which is kind of funny. But um, praise yeah. God and uh, definitely felt God closer at that moment than I have at probably any other point in my life. So it wasn't one of those moments where like you didn't go to like a prayer meeting or have a friend come over and they prayed for you and you like felt this pot sensation on your right side and like then you went to the doctor and it was gone. Like it was like a bunch of people prayed for you over a period of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was still there. And then the day of surgery, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, Vince, our pastor of youth ministries, he uh, prayed for me pretty frequently. And he had a time where he wanted to pray for me again, but then was upset that healing hadn't already happened for me. So he mm -hmm. decided not to pray for me and then got like the worst splitting headache for like the rest of the day and felt convicted by God that he should still pray anyway. So as soon as he prayed for my healing, I guess his headache went away. So there might be another healing story in there. I don't yeah. know. But no, nothing physically evident for that stretch of time. But people kept praying. Cool. Great. And you, you're still okay as far I'm, as you I'm know. still okay. I'm on medicine for it. But and how long ago was that? That was two years ago. Okay. So a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So we'll maybe come back to you in a bit here. So Molly, why don't you give the yeah. version of yours? Um, so, uh, around this time last year, I had started having this, um, strange tingling sensation in my leg and I've had chronic back pain for years. And so I just kind of chalked it up to that. Saw Did my... you have an accident or was it like congenital nope. or mm -mm. just kind of, just your back uh, hurts? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And, uh, saw my chiropractor a little bit more frequently. It didn't go away. Got worse. Um, till it became like not just something occasionally, it was like all the time and kind of like a, like a pins and needles kind of feeling mm -hmm. or like you've got like bugs crawling on you like, mm -hmm. um, like all the time. And then it became like painful. And then I started to lose feeling in my leg. All this time, of course, my chiropractor was telling me, maybe you should see your you know, primary <laughs> care physician. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, nothing's wrong. <laughs> until we ended up until like four months later, we ended up in the emergency room uh, in the middle of the night because the pain was so bad in my leg. And, um, did an MRI and it came back that my uh, L4 and L5 were both herniated and L5 was ruptured and like the whole disc was basically like spilling out onto my nerves that ran down my legs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we set up a, well, we put me on drugs and then, you know, you wait two months to see a specialist. So I finally meet with the neurosurgeon and he was like, uh, yeah, I'm really surprised that you're not in pain on your right side, that it's only on your left side because it's doing the same thing on both sides. So he's like, when I go in there, and you know, because your surgery is your only option at this point, mm -hmm. he's like, when I go in there, I'm going to take so much disc material that it's going to count as two out of the total three that we do for a person before we're just going to have to fuse your spine together there. Um, and he was like, obviously, that's not ideal for a person that's not even 30 years old yet. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Um, but you know, I'm in debilitating pain, even on my drugs. 
And mm-hmm. so I guess this is the only option. Meanwhile, this all happening, um, my best friend had mentioned that uh, the church her brother had been working at, um, pastoring at, for the last year, their head pastor had been, has been clearly moving in like a gift of, what seems to be a gift of healing. And I mean, he's a much older man, so it's been like 30 years that he's mm-hmm. been just like healing people, or God's been healing people through him. Mm-hmm. And she just recounted all these stories to me, and she was like, you know, I don't know if you'd be interested or not, but would you want to go down and have him pray for your back? Yeah. You're like being in the car for yeah. two and a half <laughs> yep. hours. Right, yeah. That sounds great. Yep, super. Um, and I come from a very uh, Baptist background, <laughs> and so it's just like I didn't have expectations that that was even a thing. The Lord possible. will give you grace to bear your pain, <laughs> right? That's yeah, the idea. That's it. Like, right? God will help you suffer. Uh-huh. This yeah. is your lot. Work yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. And which has been heard from the pulpit at this church? It has because it's also true. Yep. Yeah. 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 And so I basically shut her down right away. Like, nope, not interested. I'm having surgery. That's what's going to fix this. Mm-hmm. The whole time waiting to see the specialist then, um, I had been having these like thoughts of like, why can't you just trust me? Like, watch what I'll do for you. And uh-huh. like feeling like it was just getting so intense. Like I was thinking about it when I would fall asleep at night and I would think about it, it was like the first thing I thought about in the morning when I would wake up. And uh-huh. it's like, maybe this is like what it feels like when God is trying to tell you something, uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm choosing to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Until, um, so the surgery date was set for December 15th. And uh, five days before, I came to my best friend and I was like, okay, let's go ask for prayer. Still kind of like sort of believing this is not possible. Mm -hmm. But I was like, well, why not? Like, I can't ignore this anymore. Had you had anybody here pray for you? Yeah, so Vince and Joanna had prayed for me on a Sunday morning after church. I had gone down and it was at the very beginning um, when my back had first started flaring up. um, And I didn't have a whole lot of faith that anything would happen, but I asked them to pray for me. So, yeah. And, um, well, yeah. Like, put me on your prayer list, kind of. Yeah, 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 yep. And and so we went down the Sunday before my surgery, and um, they, we, like, went on a Sunday morning, and so we attended their church and everything. And then afterwards, um, Sam, her brother, introduced me to the pastor, and he had me, like, sit down on, like, the bench, and... Um, he anointed me with oil and, like, confirmed I was a follower of Christ. And then he just, like, laid his hands on me and started to pray. And uh, as he was praying, I just felt like my whole left leg, where all the damage was and where all the nerve pain was, start to, like, tremble. But, like, times a thousand. <laughs> like, okay. if you're super cold and you're shivering, like, that kind of trembling. Mm-hmm. And um, but you can't control it. Did you feel cold? No. Mm-mm. It just shook. Yep, just okay. shook. And, um, but every other part of me, like my right leg mm-hmm. and like my whole upper body, like everything else was perfectly still. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a supernatural sensation. Like you don't have any words to explain mm-hmm. to people what you were feeling. And that like happened the whole time he was praying. And then I was totally like overwhelmed. And so I was crying. And, mm-hmm. um, and then he stops praying. And he like comes around to face me. And he's like, okay, now I want you to stand up and like, let's see what happened. And, and of course, I'm like, right away, like making excuses, like, nope, nothing happened, like, no. And he's like, okay, but do you have faith that, like, we just prayed for you and, like, with full expectancy of healing? I'm like, well, yeah, something just happened. I don't know how to explain it. 
And so I like get up and walk around and like I can I could feel my leg and like the pain was gone and I felt like I had like mobility in my back, mm-hmm. which like wasn't there because I just felt super stuck. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like real old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and so I was like, okay, well, um I guess something happened. And so we go home and Monday morning I'm on the phone with the neurosurgeon because surgery's in four days now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, just um, don't say anything. Let me just tell you what happened because I know how I sound. I can hear myself. <laughs> and they're just like, I tell, tell them the whole story. And they're just like, um, well, uh, why don't you call us back in 24 hours and we'll see how you're doing because <laughs> it's easier to, um, you know, just keep this on the calendar than like cancel it and have right. to reschedule. Right. Right. So I'm like, yep, totally fine. So I call back in 24 hours. I'm like, yeah, still no pain. And they're like, okay, well... We can't do another MRI for a lack of symptoms that you claim to not have anymore. Because... Right, which is a huge bummer. Yeah, such a huge bummer. <laughs> yeah, and so I want to make this point right now because I think some people will will have read mm-hmm. folks who are like, you know, miracles are never confirmed mm. and like it would be so easy to like medically confirm miracles and like this never happens mm. and so on. And like I think it's reasonable that a medical group wouldn't want to go through the expense of an MRI if there's no symptoms. Like, that Mm -hmm. makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? But it also means that, like, there are reasons why things that we would think are miracles or could be appear to be miracles, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there isn't scientific proof the way a philosopher might want, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that a medical group won't do a follow-up MRI tells us something, too, Mm -hmm. right? That one isn't necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people get, you know, they're like, well, why could, but like in Becca's case, like they cut your body open and didn't find it. They did. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to get more confirmed than that. It's really know? hard. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Sorry. So I struggled with a lot of discouragement from that because I thought that's how this was going to happen. I thought they would want to do an MRI and like not mm-hmm. just cancel surgery. Right. And so then they didn't and they just canceled surgery on me. And so now I'm, you know, like, okay, well, now what? Everyone's going to think I'm totally crazy, gone off my rocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like everyone that has been incredibly close to me through this whole process the last like four months knows the amount of pain that I've been living in. And just instantly it's gone. Like that's, you can't discredit that. Mm-hmm. And um, so the last thing that the pastor said to me before we walked out of the church building was, this pain is going to try to come back. When it does that, I want you to, with full faith that you've been healed, place your hand over it and rebuke the pain in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Which sounds weird. Which sounds weird. <laughs> Especially because I'm like, okay, well, you're the one with the gift of healing, not me. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's helpful because... I like, the, I like the way you guys told this because I think people think that people who talk about or experience these sorts of things or that do these sorts of things, like touch your own back when it hurts and rebuke pain, right? Like that sounds like, you know, like you're like from a snake handling group in Kentucky or something. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, some yeah. kind of yes! weird fundamentalist, like do you know that there's antibiotics and yeah, like yeah. That there are these things called doctors? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the, the kind of, and so sometimes it's good to have like, to be from a group of people that are like, no, actually, we're way more secular than we are Christian. Mm-hmm. Way more secular than we are Christian. Mm-hmm. And it, we, like, have to be taken by the hand yeah. for any of this stuff. Yeah. And then for you to be like, okay, you really want me to touch my back and say that? And the yeah. guy's like, yes. Yeah. And, and this is where it gets crazy. Even crazier is it actually worked. 
Like the pain would present itself in my leg, like a twinge or like a wince of pain or in my back. And I would be like, oh, like it's so easy, right? To like fall into that fear. Like, okay, like. Here it comes. Yep. And so I just did that and it would stop. And then I'm just like, what is going on? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's, so that's been my story for the last five months now. It's almost mm-hmm. six months. And now there's an addendum to the story, like, which is why I struggled when Jill asked me to do this mm-hmm. podcast because the pain has come back and it doesn't seem to be going away now. And mm-hmm. I pray over it and struggling with that. And, and now it's like presenting itself in my good leg, the right leg, mm-hmm. and like feeling like, am I not having enough faith? But also knowing that's not it and feeling very, very sure in my faith like I never have before. So I think that there was an entirely like physical healing aside. I think that there was a whole spiritual element to this. Like my faith mm-hmm. was just totally like blown up in a way that it never has before. Like mm-hmm. I would not have been able to say that. I would have taken the blame. Like it's not, like I'm not having enough faith. Like that's why this isn't going away. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm there right now. I feel like God is good not because he healed me, but God is good because he's good. And Mm -hmm. if he wants me to have surgery, like my faith isn't suffering because of that. Like, Mm -hmm. but just like, you know, well, what's, what's the next part of this story now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I hear you. There's, there's a lot of stuff related to this whole field of, spiritual practice Mm -hmm. you know that is difficult to sort out Mm -hmm. so okay so how is this you said a little bit about this molly becca like how does this change kind of how you think about god Mm -hmm. or just how you think about god actually existing for real in real life or something like well how's this how has this changed you Mm-hmm. Um, when the doctors told me that they couldn't find anything, um, I very much feel like I heard God just say something to me and not like the audible voice or anything like that, but just a very present, clear thought that I would not come up with on my own. It was just like, mm. I see you, Becca, I got you. And with a little <laughs> bit of, you know, like that black tone, that's what comes in my head. Yeah. Um, and I just cried right there um, before... <laughs> falling back asleep, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it has strengthened my resolve to, um, to remember and dwell on God's faithfulness um, mm-hmm. for harder things that, or hard things that have followed, um, where I'm like, okay, God is very invested in the details of my life, mm-hmm. and he has demonstrated his faithfulness, he's demonstrated his power mm-hmm. um, to someone who did not deserve it. I mean, I, I was definitely of the same mindset. Like, this is the lot in life that God is giving me, so I'm yeah. just going to have to work mm-hmm. with this no ovary thing. And um, so he could have decided that that's just the, the thing that I needed to deal with, and instead he decided to heal me. So um, it's so good for me to look back on that. And I almost reprimand myself sometimes when I'm like, Becca, how foolish are you? To think that God is not in control in whatever other situation is going on now. Um, so I think my addendum or what I wrestle with now is what is my expectation of healing? So if someone else is going through something, do I 
expect that healing will come? And then if it doesn't, it's like, oh, okay. Or do I expect that healing won't come and be surprised by it? Um, mm -hmm. That's one that I haven't sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an answer and a continuation. But. I think that <clears throat> there's, you know, there's in a sense three views of providence, right, that exist, right? One is what you could call your the atheistic or agnostic one, which is like the world looks really random. Sometimes it turns out good for people. Sometimes it doesn't. And like it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And all you can do is roll with the punches, but there is no divine purpose behind everything, right? There is no end of love, right? On the on what I would say would be like the other end of the spectrum would be like everything works for your blessing, right? It, it's almost, it's like a rewriting of, of Romans 8.28 that all things work for the blessing of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so you should be, Things should be good. You should get healed if you're sick and you should you should get a good job and like you should find a good mate and they should treat you well and like if and usually that's bound up with whether or not you think you're being a good person or whether or not you're believing in it. It's it's mm -hmm. kind of like this like I just if I behave well, mm -hmm. then if God should take care of my things. Yeah. Right. And and even if you're an atheist philosophically, it's very hard not to believe that way functionally mm -hmm. like I know a lot of people who like don't believe in religion at all mm -hmm. and but they don't believe that the world is like red and tooth and claw and things just happen and that's all they still have this providential like it shouldn't be this way they still get angry right mm -hmm. and then there's this this kind of strange view that we call Christian which is that God is provident over all things and yet not for the end that we are always feeling blessed we deserve nothing we deserve damnation, but God graciously gives us all things and he works all good things for our ultimate and eternal good in accordance with what he is doing in all of creation for his own purposes and glory, which can at any given moment be a path of suffering or of blessing, of healing or of sickness. And like, we don't know, right? And yet, if you ask yourself the question like, okay, if those are the three things we could possibly believe, and may even us believe different ones at different times, practically speaking. Because mm -hmm. yeah. like we all talked, as the, though there's a part of us that practically is that first atheistic one, right? Like it just, it is what it is. Like you, all you can do is the best you can, right? Healings like this, like the ones that you guys are talking about, like sort of pushes that middle one. Mm -hmm. Because you suffer and you're healed. And so there's a sense where you're like, God is active, even in all the things that, have gone on and will go on. Mm -hmm. God is there. But the fact that you were healed in this way does not fix your life forever. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a new suffering right around the corner. Like, you've probably suffered since this has happened in some way, right? And with Molly, like, to have some of this stuff come back, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're like, what the heck? But you're, the what you're saying is, it changed your theology. It changed your view of the world. Like, whether or not God was really working in it providentially like mm -hmm. you already knew everything wasn't for your blessing but you even realized through this right because you were healed and then like but the, like other things still happen maybe the same thing will still happen but you you did experience that healing that is scientifically inexplicable for months mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and like that's still something even if its effect goes away right and mm -hmm. so 
you're in the middle of two things. One, I'm suffering in a way that I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And on some level, don't want to even believe I should be. Mm -hmm. And yet, God did this thing to show he's there. Mm -hmm. So I have to live in such a way that makes sense of both of those data points. God is there and is good to me even. And here's what's happening in my life, which I don't like at all. But it's not like like in the practical atheist of like, it's all just random because it's not all just random. I was healed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet everything does not work to my blessing. Mm-hmm. But then when I turn to the word of God, God never said everything would work to my blessing, mm-hmm. right? He said everything would work to my good. Mm-hmm. Is that like, is that one of the big effects of divine healing? Do you think? What it's, do you think that's kind of what God is, tr- is trying to do in us with it? I think I have sensed a bigger, kind of like the sermon that you preached on the day that I shared. Mm-hmm. Like, he did this for me to, you know, speak into my life. But there's also like the bigger picture and like the thing that God actually cares about is my heart and like relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And that has most definitely been evident in a way that I never knew was possible. So whether I was physically healed or not, or this comes back or not, or whatever this looks like, like I have fallen in love with God in a way that I never knew was possible before. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it similarly, it brings God into a, it widens my scope of, God and the reality of who he is, his character, and what he does. So though I can intellectually say God heals, now that I've experienced, I'm like, no, y'all, God heals. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now seeing more of his character in, in a way that I just would not have acknowledged spiritually or acknowledged in my heart, then that does affect my faith moving forward. Mm-hmm. Whether stuff comes back or not, it does affect that. Mm-hmm. Do you say? Do you think that the lesson, like if you were discipling somebody, the lesson you would say would say, look, it's it really isn't so much about what you get. It's about the fact that God says, "I've got you," like that I see you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when Hagar was out in the desert and her son mm-hmm. was about to die and she didn't yeah. have any water and she just felt like nobody could see her and like mm-hmm. this angel came and she said, "Look, there's some water that wasn't there before," mm-hmm. and she and then she said, "I'm going to name God the God who sees me." What she got from that water, he, she, she could have called him the God who makes water, mm-hmm. right? But she didn't. She called him the God who sees me. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways healing does that, it, whether it is something that you have for the rest of your life or whether it's something that inexplicably changes a season of your life, mm-hmm. that ultimately it is the change of faith that happens in you, that God sees you no matter what you'll walk through. Mm-hmm. Like Because even Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, still died again. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and church tradition is is that he was martyred. So instead of dying from just like some sickness in his bed, he got to be killed. You know, right. Right. I don't know if that's. I mean, those traditions. It's very difficult to know if those are all true. But, um, but like we all we all are out of the frying pan and into the fire. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you get picked up and thrown means something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. Yeah, and I, and I would also say that I I get the sense of. God just knows what he's doing with your life even when you don't. So I was talking with a friend who just went through a hard breakup and she's like, I don't know why I'm here or what God is doing with me and it's never going to get better, so on and so forth. And 
from this healing experience. And I was like, I had no idea this month that I was crying every night and this month where I was in extraordinary pain and when my parents were calling me and telling me that they couldn't financially help fix this problem, so I was going to have to go through it. And um, when it just seemed the most traumatic, I had no idea that you know, a week later, God would completely reverse all of that and essentially erase any of that trauma. No, that's not how trauma works, but just the concept that I had no idea. And he knew perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and who are we to then say to God, what on earth are you doing with me? Why am I here? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't see a way out of this, and so there isn't a way out of this. Um, I've appreciated not being able to say that, at least in good conscience anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's this, there's that passage in Jeremiah where where Jeremiah talks about like being at this, the house of this pottery person, a potter, and he's like, he's making this pot, and like, and then something goes wrong with it, and he like, kind of starts over. But he's forming it. The pot has in like an irreducibly passive relationship to the former, mm-hmm. the one who's forming it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it doesn't take away from all the other passages to talk about like you having to be you, like taking more responsibility for your own life. Mm-hmm. But you're still being formed in ways that you can't control, mm-hmm. and God is forming you, and you are in His hands, mm-hmm. and. Like, at some level, you have to make peace with that. But you have to believe he's forming you. Mm -hmm. And that's what you lose if you take too much more responsibility for your life and you're like, I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. That's bad, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're like, God's going to do everything and make everything okay all the time and I'm going to always feel blessed, you're going to run into reality Mm -hmm. like a truck, you know? And so you've got to have both. And that tension which feels paradoxical, but it's not really a paradox. It's just you don't know God's will. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the information. You're actually flying without information. And so it feels paradoxical, but it's not. It's just ignorance mm-hmm. about your own life, which is, of course, terrifying. Mm-hmm. But obedience in obedience, we know what to do, mm-hmm. which is to trust him and to learn to love him and mm-hmm. to, to take the next step and to enjoy whatever you have and to be ready to endure whatever you must, Mm -hmm. and to do it with the same attitude that is in Christ Jesus. Things that, like, I feel like I have been um, having God speak to me is, like, in these moments of, like, after a really long shift at work, and I'm in debilitating pain driving home, and wanting to give in to that fear, Like, okay, tonight's the night. We're going to be in the hospital. Like, here we go again. And feeling God just remind me, stop projecting this fear into the future. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking about what tomorrow is going to be like. What even tonight is going to be like when you're trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. Pray for my strength right now, in this Mm -hmm. moment. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Mm-hmm. And just like, and, and it's like every minute, like I have to like just keep reminding myself that mm-hmm. and like just speaking the word of God over my life and, and it's exhausting, <laughs> but it's also building get, my faith. Yeah. You think it'd get easier. You wouldn't have to tell yourself right? at, like, the same frequency every couple of minutes, but no, you have to yeah, tell yourself yeah. every couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And maybe someday it will, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people struggle a lot with incomprehensibility and envy when it comes to healing as well, Mm. especially when a church, you see them happen in a church Mm -hmm. like we've had. There's one, this one family in the church that has had um, one child who they were going to have to cut her skull open to make room for her brain. 
and she, we prayed for her. It's kind of similar to Becca, like a lot of people prayed for her. Mm-hmm. And she just, all of a sudden, everything was fine, you know? And then they lost a son in utero, mm-hmm. like inexplicably. And I prayed for her in the hospital room when things, when the baby was still alive, you know, and the baby died and I did the funeral with her family. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that one family has seen both of those things. Right. And like why the one kid and, you know, like there is no, there's no human way to make sense of any of that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I've also seen people receive healing and essentially walk away from their faith. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, partly because they were rehabilitated with new energy and new mobility, mm-hmm. and they could go out and do stuff, they like went out and found a new boyfriend or girlfriend that wasn't their husband or wife. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah. You know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, Jesus knew that healing was not the solution mm-hmm. to, to humanity's problem. Mm-hmm. The forgiveness of sins and faith and being reunited with the God of creation for his ultimate salvation and for the creation of love in the human soul and hope was. Mm-hmm. And when people who are hurting say that to others, it has a lot of weight, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, well, I don't want to take this too far. I mean, I you guys have... S- told your stories. Um, there's a, quite a number of these at High Point, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange because we're not like a very charismatic church. And <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, we don't even pray for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And yet, just trying to obey the Bible. One of the things we try to be as a church is a church that obeys the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it does try to look for what the Holy Spirit is doing mm-hmm. in conjunction with what the Scriptures say. And what the Scriptures say is pray for people who are who ask to be prayed for. Pray for people who are hurting. Pray for people who have psychological problems. Mm-hmm. Pray for, It's just you pray for people. And... and don't not have something because you didn't ask. Because mm-hmm. the book of James says, listen, a good bit of why you don't have stuff is because you don't ask for it. And if you ask for it, you ask with bad motives because you want to just use the fruits of it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so don't let those be the reasons why you don't have something that God does want you to have. If you don't have something because God isn't going to heal you, then fine. Mm-hmm. If, it's, yeah. if it's the path of discipleship that we walk the way of the cross, becoming like him in his death, and so to attain the resurrection from the dead, like it says in Philippians 3, then fine, right? For me to live as Christ and to die is gain, mm-hmm. right? But but um, let it not be for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And so I want to I see High Point become a church where we pray for everybody who's sick, everybody who's in pain, everybody who has mental illness, mm-hmm. everybody whose kids are going crazy, like everybody who has a need, which is thousands and thousands and thousands of needs. And sometimes they will seemingly work themselves out in strange providential ways, which you cannot, it's hard to prove as a miracle, but it's still the work of God. And sometimes something like really miraculous will happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but these sorts of situations we have to remember. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important for people to hear about them. So thank you, ladies, for telling your stories. Yeah, oh, and, my um, pleasure. Hopefully we'll have a lot more as we keep praying for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.